Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Um, I'm Liz and I'm here with Elise and Lizzie. And today we are going to talk about triggers and milestones. And I am glad that we're talking about these topics because I have been uh, pretty triggered the last couple weeks. So I feel like I need to get off my chest. Um, So yeah, good topic for me at least. Yeah. Do you want to like kind of just like what do you think is a trigger or what are we saying is a trigger versus a milestone? Yeah, um, we can do that. So trigger, I feel like it's kind of hard to describe without the word trigger. But um, so I was asking Jake for his take on it. I'm like, what would you say? And he was like, oh, my gosh, it can basically any noun, like any person, place or thing, like anything can be a trigger. It just, you know, sort of depends on each person's experience. And it's something that like brings a memory of using to the forefront of your mind. Um, He was kind of talking about how like the memory just like hijacks your brain. So like you might look at a spoon and next thing you know, you're like thinking about a time when you're shooting up in a parking lot or something. And you're like, oh shit, how'd I get to that thought? Um, So obviously like triggers apply to addicts. I think we talk about that a lot, but I think that family members, uh, we have our own triggers. Um, and so that's something we are going to focus on today. And then as far as milestones, um, you know, those are like actions or events that mark a significant like stage in life or developmental stage. Um, so like around recovery, you know, there's the like anniversary milestones, like 30, 60, 90 days, um, or like the year tokens of how long people have been in recovery. Um, but then I think there's also just like the situational or event milestones that just like happen, you know, throughout life, like, you know, getting married is a milestone or, um, going to school or graduating, whatever. And I also like find myself thinking about kind of like the negative milestones. Um, I am really good at like remembering dates. It's like a, a blessing and a curse. And so a lot of times I'll like, I'll find myself thinking like, oh, this is the date of when this like, you know, really like bad or sad thing happened. And yeah, I don't know. So milestones can be any of those. The reason why we're talking about them both today is that they can go hand in hand. I think that milestones can be triggering for people. Um, and that's been the case for me recently. So, I don't know. Anyone have anything to add on like your own definitions for triggers or milestones or how they relate? No, I, don't. Yeah, I feel like that was good. Okay. <laughs> Well, so why don't you, Liz, go ahead and jump into like what's been triggering you lately? Yeah. Because you've been triggered. Yeah. So what's funny is that it's not like there were specific things that I think started the trigger. It was just I noticed like an overall like feeling of anxiety. Like it just felt more anxious. And then once I started noticing that feeling, I thought, oh, when I've felt this way in the past, that means something like drug related is happening. And so then I was like, oh my gosh, I feel anxious. So that like, maybe Jake is using, like, I need to start investigating. And like, that's how I knew that I was really being triggered is I found myself getting into that investigative mode where like all of a sudden I was like really looking at his eyes. So it's different 
Cause like his eyes can be a trigger for me sometimes. Like if they look really weird or glassy, like I'll think, oh my gosh, he's high. And, and that's not always the case. Like sometimes it's related to like allergies or he had his contacts in too long. Um, so like there's sometimes when seeing his eyes like is a trigger, but this was different where like nothing happened and I then started looking for it. And then I would find myself being like, well, do his eyes look weird? I don't know. Maybe they do. And then you like get all confused in your mind because you're like kind of looking for something that may or may not be there. And so after like a couple of days of just feeling anxious, um, oh, and Jake also took a drug test because at one point I was like, just can you please take a drug test? Like I, that will help. And he was like, sure, I will do it. Pass the drug test. And I thought, oh, for sure. I will feel better. Guess what? I still didn't feel better. I still felt <laughs> anxious. I'm like, he huh. really passed the test. I felt, I maybe felt better for like an hour afterwards. And then I started thinking like, well, what if I didn't test for the right thing? Or what mm-hmm. if he somehow tricked it, even though I watched him like pee into the cup. So then I, I mean, say, but he did that. I mean, he carried pee on him for a long time to pass drug test. I mean, he's done it. So, I mean, you that it goes in your brain. You knew he did that before. So it, you can't put it past them. Which so, yeah. yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Because I think sometimes it's like, no, I'm not just crazy. Like there is a reason behind thinking these things. It's just when it starts to like snowball and you're like, okay, but this is a different time and you've you literally watched it with your own eyes, but I guess it's just like knowing, like having the knowledge that you've been tricked in the past, like puts that guard up higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after all that happened and I was still feeling anxious, that's when I started realizing like, Oh, it could have something to do with like this time of year. Cause this time of year last year is when like shit hit the fan everything started falling apart it was like the end of june when i found out jake had been using and i came out of the house Um, you know so i spent a lot of time just like crying and devastated and like now he's home and it feels good and i want him to stay home but it's like you know i think i'm afraid that that will happen again Um, And then that's also coupled with like the 4th of July holiday. The last few years, 4th of July has been like not great. Um, Because like last year, like we were apart. I, that's when he was using, like, I didn't know if we were going to be together and everything. And so it was just a, I don't know, sucky time. And the year before that, it was like, july 1st that i found out he had the night before like smoked crack like a one-time use like left a meeting went and like drank some whiskey and then went looking for dope and ended up with crack and smoked it and then i found out and so on actual fourth fourth of july i was like at a party with friends and like crying in the bathroom like how can he do this and like what does this mean for our relationship and I don't know. So I think that I was like going back to both of those time periods and like really like feeling those past emotions um, and not being so much in the present, but whew. Yeah. Has this, how long has he been sober this time around? Um, it will almost, it's almost six months. So July. Do you ever get like, like six months? Cause I know like, um, when I think of when I first met you, he had been sober for a while. And then, like, it's kind of been the last, like, three, maybe four years. I'm not sure. Like, like, uh, like a lot of relapses. So, like, you know, he's, I'm sure he's hit six months, like, a, quite a few times. And then, like, it starts becoming, like, oh, my gosh, like, is he going to relapse again? Like, not that you're really thinking that, but in your mind, it's like, okay, wait, he's doing good, like. Yeah. Like, does that ever trigger anything? That crossed my mind because I did think so. I was like thinking back through this when um, talking about milestones, trying to remember like what the different milestones were that he's hit. And like the first few, like he hit two years and then it was like a year and then it was 
four years. Um, and so there were like some chunks of time there, but in the last, well, I guess it would be now thinking about it, like the last two years, probably six months is the longest chunk of clean time that he's had. So yeah, yeah we'll he's into it a little bit. Too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, what about you, Lizzie? Uh, Drew's had, you know, his, his fair share of relapses. What about triggers for you then around, around dates, you know, like, oh, he's about to come to 60 days or, oh, he's about to come to six months. Yeah. Like, so I was kind of thinking like, like I'm like Liz as well, like numbers and dates are really big. Um, the very first time that he had gone to rehab and got out, like right at 30 days, it was Labor Day. And when he went into his mom's like, like medicine cabinet and took all these like slow release something and you know he was taking medicine that was blocking that and then ended up in the emergency room because he ended up taking so many um that was like bad and then you know I think the next year um was really bad around Labor Day that's when I found out he had been making up all those like like on those sites like meeting girls um, and basically relapsed he relapsed that day um, but he went out and, you know, it was, I had to pick him up. He was wasted, didn't have a wedding ring on. So Labor Day is not really a good time for us, <laughs> my memories. Um, of course, October um, this year, I got like just feeling a little weird because that was in 2018 is when he tried to commit suicide in October. Um, so, you know, yeah. I, I knew that that was coming up and that was something good to kind of talk through with my therapist. Um, and the times of year, like April is kind of hard at the time of the year too, because that, um, that was kind of when I had that girl's husband come tell me that, you know, they were talking to each other and it's kind of when like everything started getting rolling about, um, you know, like the drinking kept getting worse and worse. Um, so like, as far as those, that's kind of like the time of the year. Yeah. Um, So do you find, like, during those times, you find yourself get a little bit more anxious? um, Definitely, yeah. But I think think one thing that helped is the first year when I started, like, having, like, almost those anniversaries of, you know, um, you know, I, at first, whenever he would get sober, I would remember the dates. But then, like, after so many relapses, I just kind of stopped keeping track. But, like, talking (laughs) to me too. Yeah, talking it through with my therapist and like her kind of acknowledging like why I'm having these anxious feelings and her telling me like as we get closer, you're probably they're just gonna come up. So like that helped to be aware. Um, I still was anxious, but um, yeah. no, that know. makes. I think that helped also. Like mm-hmm. it didn't just cure my anxiety, but once I like recognized like hey it's probably related to this. Like I I practice some of the things like my therapist, you know, has said to like, talk to of like, Oh, it makes sense that I would feel this way. Like I've had these experiences and rather than like getting stuck in that, like, why am I feeling this way? And what does that mean? Like, just like looking at it a little bit differently. um, I don't know, helped manage it a little bit more, just like Mm -hmm. understanding like where it was coming from um maybe a little less like I had to be a detective but yeah as far as like triggers um like I think I think we've all like I think Liz you said it like kind of the eyes um and I think I've heard that from a lot of people like so like red eyes all that but um the lack of eye contact I feel like like a normal eye contact is always something I feel like that it was like triggering like like, I'm like, are you not wanting to pay attention? Are you hiding something? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, not answering the phone when I call, like, even though he could be just like working, but um, there were many times where he would relapse and we would call him and call him and call him and he wouldn't answer anybody's phone calls and we would have no idea where he was. Um, and, you know, since then, like we've we now all have like him and his parents and I have we all have like the share location um so I can see where he is at all times 
which is nice because he, one of the last few times that he relapsed, he was at a CVS, um, not far from our house, but I would have had no idea he was at that CVS. And he was basically almost passed out in his car. You know, we were able, like, I didn't go get him, but his sponsor, um, I can't remember if his sponsor came or, like, some friends from AA, like, you know, like, I don't, I can't remember who came, maybe his dad, but, you know, it was nice to find him, so to know that he wasn't, like, I don't know, dead somewhere, something happening, so, um, but, yeah, those are a couple, I mean, I have more triggers, but I don't know, I'm guessing you probably have some of the same, we've shared those. Yeah, I am the, oh gosh, what did you just say? The phone calls. Oh my gosh. Phone calls is is such a huge one for me because all the time I'd I'd get off work and he'd get off work um, before me and he wouldn't pick up the phone. So I never knew what I was coming home to. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time he was passed out, you know, blue, all that kind of stuff. So um Steve has been very mindful and very aware that he like needs to pick up my call after work because that's really important because that does trigger me for sure. And especially now, like if he picks up the kids before I do, before I get home, it's like, are the kids okay? Is he ODing on the floor and the kids are with him? Like that's just, you know, it's definitely faded away, but it's definitely something that's in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Lizzie, I'm curious on the, like, the shared location. Do you Mm -hmm. find yourself, like, checking that all the time? You know what? No. And, like, I mean, there's been many times where I, like, doubt him on something. Like, I don't know, something will just happen. And, like, so lying, of course, is, like, a trigger. Or me thinking he's lying is a trigger, (laughs) I guess. Um, And, you know, he's like, I mean, you you can look and see where I'm at all times of the day. Like, I just... I'm naturally not a person that would like, like, it makes me sick, like that I found stuff a long time ago, like on his phone. Um, And, you know, like, I, I'm just not, I'm not gonna waste my time like looking. Um, I know it sounds weird. I mean, there's been times where I'm like, okay, he called, he said he was leaving work, and he only works 15 minutes away. And it's been 25 minutes. And I look and he's at like, at Freddy's getting ice cream because I can see him he's like sitting in the line you know so (laughs) yeah uh, he loves his ice cream um but I mean I don't use it very often uh and then if it ever gets turned off and I can't find him because every once in a while like something will happen and I'll I'll call him and be like where are you why is the location not on and he's like I don't know I didn't do anything and I'm like can you make sure it's back on like but I mean I would say if I check it, it's maybe once every four to five months. And it's just because I'm like, where is he? Like, you know, yeah. instead of calling and just asking him like, where, what time are you going to be home or whatever? I mean, for the most part, I guess I could kind of bring this up. So he's actually going to be starting school, going to school full time. So he's actually not going to be like working like a full-time job. So he, he's come up and we've talked about it. Like, Monday through Friday, he goes to a really early meeting. He's going to work out. And then he's actually going to go back um, to the church and study there. Okay. And then um, he's coaching football. So he has to be um, at the school by 3 o'clock. So, like, you know, he's kind of, like, already set up an establishment of, like, where he'll be. So if I did want to check, you know, it would be very odd if I'm like, hey, you're supposed to be, you know, at the church studying um and so I feel like that's something that you know hopefully will sure like, he can stick to that plan uh, because that could be a triggering thing like then I'm like wait why are you all the way in I don't know some other city or something I don't know yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's interesting that you don't check it as much I know I think that for me that was the first thing I thought like if I had it I think that would probably be unhealthy for me. Like at at this point, I don't know. I feel like I would, although I've been surprisingly good about the bank account. Like I have not been checking it all the time. Like I would say, I you know, I'll check it. Like I'll just go in and like look through and see if anything, but rather than like checking every hour or something. Um, but I- You still check every day? Um, no, I would not even say that. I, 
I'm, but you got put back on the bank account uh yeah actually when he first went oh did I not share that when he first treatment when he came out of it that was something he was like hey I wanted to talk to you about something would would you be okay if I gave you access to my bank account again I just feel like it would be good for me to have like accountability like he was like not that he was like I don't foresee myself like doing anything but it just helps to know that like somebody else is watching and I was like oh yes like it made me feel good that he was the one who thought of it and that I didn't have to like ask um so yeah I am on the account I would say I think the last time I looked at it was on Sunday 4th of July or Sunday so maybe like every couple of days I think it goes up the more like anxious I feel and if I'm feeling like pretty like balanced I don't look at it um so yeah but all of that to say that I would be worried that I'd be like checking the location tracker a lot (laughs) he does that a lot for like the older kids um that's been kind of nice you know to kind of see where they're at and know like whether they're telling you the truth um (laughs) can you imagine if we had that back in the day I mean no yeah (laughs) It stinks for them. Um, you know, they've been caught in some, you know, lies like, I'm on my way home. No, you're not. Like, you're all the way, like, on the south side. Like, what are you doing over there? Um, right. <laughs> so, he uses it a lot. But, I mean, he can see where I am, too. Yeah. Um, I don't really go very many cool places. So, <laughs> sadly, not much to track there. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I don't know why I just thought of this, but, like, for another thing that's kind of triggering for me is pictures. Um, like, when I oh. have pictures on my phone, um, and when it's that certain time when I know that, like, the shit was hitting the fan. Um, so, you know, our daughter has her high school graduation party on Sunday, and we're putting together this, like, uh, movie. Oh, like, yeah. And so I've been going through all these old pictures, and, like, even last night I was like, it just makes me sick when I'm like, you know, when I hit basically 2017, um, you know, he's not in any pictures really like it was just a shitty year. Um, I mean, and even actually the last, like this past 2019 was not as bad, but a couple of years before that. And, you know, it's really sad. Like our youngest that was born, like, I don't even really like looking at the pictures around that time. Yeah. Um, they just trigger like these old, like bad emotions when it's really sad because they should be like, you know, happy emotions, having a baby and um, all that. So I don't know if that. No, that makes that triggers you guys. That's something I can relate to. I don't feel like as much, or maybe I've like, I work through it better, but like when Jake first went to treatment originally, like back in 2013, I remember like, looking at pictures for that like seven month eight month period that he had been using and I didn't know and like that was like very like triggering to me of because I'd look at pictures and just be like oh he was probably using and I didn't know it and it would just like trigger like this like anger or sadness Mm -hmm. go back and forth depending on my mood of the day um but I definitely like now I'll still like I'll see pictures and I can usually like immediately remember like oh either he was or wasn't using during that time or that was right before I found out but I think now I don't like dwell in it as much like I will try and catch myself of like okay yes you know that but like I don't have to like focus on that fact or like I'll I'll try and then like think about a happier time whereas yeah so I think maybe I've grown in that way a little bit like where in the past like that could really like fuck with my mood for like the rest of the day and now it's more mm-hmm. leading like uh that's a sucky memory like moving on yeah I'll agree also that pictures are triggering um because basically from 2012 to 2015 was all kind of shitty mm-hmm. and so we have a, a wedding picture up Um, and my three-year-old was talking about our wedding and, uh, we had a videographer and so it was my night to 
put her down to bed and she was like asking questions about our wedding and I was like okay our videographer still has our three four minute wedding mm-hmm. snip, snippet video up and I was like here do you want to see mommy and daddy getting married and she's like yeah and so we played it and the whole time I'm watching that video it should be positive memories but it just brings back negative like he mm-hmm. is lying he was using heroin at that time like I don't believe he was high during our wedding. He said he wasn't. Um, but again, I remember back at the reception, like he wasn't with me for my memory. Like he was outside with his friends, like smoking. So was he doing pills at the wedding? Was he, you know, I mean, he only had a couple of drinks, but again, you know, I found him a couple of days before the wedding, like all, you know, passed out. So, you know, just like, I'm supposed to watch my wedding video with happy thoughts mm-hmm. and I don't yeah yeah oh how did you um like then how did that conversation go with your daughter did you find yourself like just sort of like (laughs) it or yeah he tried to shove cake yeah she he tried to shove cake in my face and so she thinks that's hilarious so that's towards the end so it was just like oh daddy's funny you shove cake in my face and we just turn it off and go to bed you're like yeah he's hilarious yeah (laughs) I know but the thing is you know I look so happy in that video and it's it was all kind of a lie yeah yeah I have all these I have like so um I don't know if you had to do this Elise but before we got married we had to do these like um like couples things like we had to do a couple because we got married in a church Right. So we'd have to do like, I don't know, like this financial one and this other thing. Well, we always had to go to my hometown, which is like two hours away. And we would usually like go and eat before we would go. And we always would like, I don't know where it started, but he's like, do you want to take a shot? And I'm like, sure. So we would take a shot and go. And <laughs> it seems so all messed up right now, but, or, <laughs> you know, looking back. But so then at our wedding party, we had a huge wedding party. We had like 20 of us. And oh. we took like a trolley and um, like we did our pictures before, but then we wanted to just enjoy the trolley. And we went into the same bar that we would go into and everybody went in there and took shots. And, um, you know, we have pictures of us like sitting down in the little place. We took shots like in our wedding photos. There's like like this really it's a cute picture. I'm like, you look like you're in a Bud Light ad or something. And it's like Drew with his beard just smiling. And we're, you know, everyone's just drinking. And it was just. It's just crazy to look back and be like, you know, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, <laughs> Right. you know, like we were at that age where everyone's just like, you know, still like having fun and, you know, not many of us had kids yet and we would go out and, you know, go to fun basketball games or I don't even know what we had to go to the bars and um, I just, you know, had no idea. So it is weird looking back at those. Yeah, but yeah, I'll say another uh, trigger for me is when we like get in an argument or a fight. Like Steve was very, very mean during his youth, and so I will catch myself very quickly. Like <laughs> we usually go from zero to sixty; it goes pretty quick. And so when when we do, and it does not happen that often. Like I immediately what like want to throw in his face like well you're an asshole you're an addict or something like that like it brings me back to because I never had that defense because I never knew what was going on like he was just being a dick for no reason but now I know the reason and so it just whenever we get in a fight and again it's it's few and far between which is really nice now but it brings back like you're you are an asshole yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. But you guys didn't, your guys weren't angry, mean, or anything like that, right? No. No. Um, Jake and I got in, like, fights. Not, but usually more started by me. I'm more of the, uh, like, zero to 60 type person. I, that's something I've gotten a lot better. I think we've become way healthier and more productive in, like, the way that we argue now. Um but it used to be something where like I would get mad about something and it, like blow up and then it would turn into 
bringing up every past bad thing that yeah and then he would always like meet me at that level but I want to say that he like initiated the arguments like by being like an ass because he was high or something Uh, but huh so no other emotions well like we never really did like the huge fighting kind of like what you're saying but like there have been times since he's been sober that like if he's in a bad place um and we're like i guess arguing um like it can go like he can go into this really like deep sad area like you know i don't i like this is stupid i don't even know why i'm sober like i hate my life i can't do anything blah blah blah. and it becomes this like person i can't even like like there's no point even like talking because i can't reason with him he's in this like i said like really just negative place um and you know i i I just can't really even get a good good argument out of it it's just like he's not hearing anything i say that makes me think of um something like i feel like when people come into our like family recovery group for the first time, like a common thing that people are concerned with are like, well, I don't want to do anything to trigger my loved mm-hmm. one. Cause like, I don't want to cause, like, I don't want to trigger them and cause them to relapse. And so like, they'll be like, Oh, I'm walking on eggshells because I'm afraid to like say anything. So if we get in a fight and then, you know, they get angry or sad, like that's going to um, drive them to use. Mm-hmm. just you saying that like made me think about it but um I think something that we've learned and we try to like share with new people is like that you know it's we are not responsible for like triggering or making them use like it doesn't mean that there aren't things that we do that are a trigger like that what am I trying to like I'm sure there have been things that I've done that have been triggering to to Jake but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that he's just like, oh, I can go use now because you triggered me. And like, if he made that decision to go use, it would not be like my fault. Like that's his responsibility, yes. you know? I'm glad, like one thing when in the very beginning of all of this, I remember Drew saying like he would just, he kind of would try to pick fights. So then he would get like, it would be like, I made him, like, and I know this, I can't make him go drink, but he would put it and blame it on me. Like, mm. well, you got in a fight with me and that's why I drank. But like, you know, little did he know I was getting smart too. So it didn't bother me if, you know, if I, if we did get in a fight and he did go drink, which it really didn't happen. Like he told me, he's like, I was so irritated. Like you just didn't get mad. And I think that was at the time where I was like, really just trying to take care of myself and um everything but yeah the walking on eggshells part um I feel like that could be a trigger I don't know does that trigger either one of you at all like if you notice yourself doing that I wouldn't no no but that was a big thing for me walking on eggshells but I feel like just coming through and learning and growing Mm -hmm. of just you know not doing that because it just hurt me more than it hurt anything right yeah. I also think um, the idea of like thinking that you can remove all triggers, um, like, you know, it might sound a little scary to be like, well, there's no way to avoid like all triggers. Triggers can be everywhere and they can be anything. Um, but that doesn't necessarily have to be such a like bad, scary thing. Uh, like Jake and I were talking about this earlier like when I was asking him about triggers and he was like I try he said I try not to put like too much weight into it because literally anything can be a trigger and so like I'm not going out of the way to like avoid everything because that's impossible so I would rather learn how to cope certain triggers he's like because they're always going to be around and who knows when they pop up but if I can like learn to manage it like that I that will lead to like more success and I was like oh okay like that's pretty positive because 
you know, at first it can be like, oh my gosh, triggers everywhere. Like you're doomed. Um, but like if they can learn how to cope, like it's possible. Yeah. When I think we, when I first learned about triggers, like, and I tried to ask like what he thought his triggers were, like, um, two of them, he said like CVS was a big trigger because he thought he was so sly, like going in and getting like alcohol there. Um, and then using a card there. So it looks like it's, you know, you're at CVS, mm-hmm. not buying alcohol. Yeah. Um, and then for him, when he first was, you know, getting all this, he was a pharma rep and he would just drive around lonely in a car. So being by himself in a car was really, um, was triggering. Um, I was so much worried about like, you know, every single place you go, there's alcohol. So like, you know, I was thinking more like, we've had this conversation like before like if you were an addict can you imagine like you're here you're opening up your menu here's you know heroin crack cocaine you know like (laughs) you go to a a restaurant it's like you know they're forcing it down you like that's like the first thing they're like here's your drink menu you know and I'm like I always wondered if that was a trigger and for him he was such a like a lonely like you know, drinker that that wasn't anything that was triggering for him. But for me, I'm like, oh, go, ah, like, hide it. Here we go. Put this away. You yeah. know, like, I think um, that's a so. good point also is like the things that we maybe assume would be the triggers mm-hmm. like, might maybe are not. Um, Jake told me the other day and I was like, so surprised. He was like, you know what? Like, um, I can't remember why we were talking about it or I asked if like something was a trigger and he was like, no, he was like, honestly, he was like, the biggest trigger is like on my body and I can't get away from it. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, he was like having good veins right now is like the biggest trigger. He's like, cause when you are using on such a regular basis, like it's really hard to find a good vein. And so you could be like, he was like, part of it is in like searching, like, oh, I got to find a vein, got to find a vein. And then that feeling when you're like, oh, yay, here's one I can use. Like, he was like, so sometimes I will like look at my hand or arm and be like, oh, a vein. And like, that could be a trigger. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that never crossed my mind. That has never crossed my mind either. Oh, oh and God. I found myself thinking, like, I wonder if he's looking at his veins right now and what he's thinking about them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think, like, phones have ever been, like, their personal phones have ever been a trigger? Like, have they ever said that about it for them? Like, a trigger for them? Um, I don't recall like Jake's not mentioned anything about like a phone being a trigger to him, but I wouldn't say Steve uh, has said that either. Although when he got clean in the beginning, I know his drug dealer texted him at least one time that said, Hey, I'll give you free heroin. Come on over. And so um, he didn't go. He shared the text with me. Um, But yeah, I don't think he's really said that it was a, a trigger. The reason why I kind of brought this up is because I know that, like, it's been a trigger for some people. And I think it's really interesting because every, like, you know, different rehabs do different things. Um, And, you know, Drew and I have a friend who, you know, within the last, like, few months went to rehab. And he was allowed to have his phone, like, every night from, like, I don't know, for, like, five hours from, like, five to ten. And we thought it was so weird because when he went to rehab, they took his phone away for 30 days. Yeah. And I remember asking him when he was first there, like, why they take your phone away? And he's like, because so many people, that's like their, that's their trigger. That's their go-to. Like, that's how they, you know, connect with their dealer, their, you know, like how they, you know, connect with people to get however they, way they want to get high or yeah. Drunk. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. So it's just interesting how different places do it. Um, and maybe they've had success, like giving people their phone to work through some of those triggers while they're there. I don't know. Right. But just made me think of the phone. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we kind of move into some milestones? Okay. I guess I, I can start. Um, 
Like I, I remember leaving Steve home with my first child the first time. I was so nervous. And, and unfortunately, I had to go do something that I had to go do. Um, and I had to leave the baby. Um, but it was a milestone and it was a building block for us. So I think, um, I think that was a big one for us. Because now I feel comfortable leaving the kids with him. Oh, yeah. I love how you describe it as a building block. Because I think that like these positive milestones, like they're there can be like anxiety around like them happening, but then once you hit that or like worked through it, I I do think that that helps to like build the trust and, or build the foundation of recovery and then you can continue to build on it. So um, yeah, I like, like that idea. Yeah. And for us, another one is him going to the doctor alone or taking the kids to the doctor because he could, if a kid was injured, which I don't know, Lizzie, if you feel this way, like the kid could get a prescription for a narcotic and yeah. he could not, not tell the doctor like, Hey, I'm in recovery. Like you can't give my kid, I'm going to say oxys. I hope they would never do that. <laughs> but I mean, he could take them and not tell me and be like, Nope, I told the doctor only get Tylenol, you know, that type of thing. So how did you yeah. find yourself be able to like step transition into that? Like what? Um, so I think in the beginning, like I would like call the doctor and like, I would like hear him or let them know, like he's an addict. Um, you know, I'm a big worker. And so like, I really didn't feel as if I could take off to go to the doctor. And it's like, if, and again, it's like, if you're going to use, you're going to use. And so I think it was a little bit of like effort. I'm just gonna let go and let God type of thing, and uh, you know, and just try to you know, and just build it on the foundation that we had already built of trust. Yeah. So yeah, Some baby steps. That's true. A good point about the like let go and let God. Like really practicing that we are like not in control. I think sometimes. Um, well, I know for sure me. Like I want to try and control everything and I have found that I've had better success when I like try to be hands off I mean, like this is out of my control. It is, it's hard because my uh, like natural is to like get in there and control everything, but uh, that doesn't yeah. really work out so well. Yeah. I never thought about like letting them, letting them go to the doctor um, alone, <laughs> but like that, that is true. Like, because at first, um, I mean, in the first, once we got with the doctor who actually his mainly all of his patients are patients in recovery um, oh. the rehab center had like recommended him and um, he's been great. Like the first time we went, I think he sat with us for like almost an hour to like hear his story. Um, wow. I don't think I don't think that he I don't think Drew cares cares for him like totally because he feels like he doesn't listen anymore because he's like you know every person's like an addict or alcoholic. But um, but you know I think the first like three times I went with him and they were having him go like every month. And then um, I think by the sixth month, um, he was going every like two or three months and I didn't go um, and it was fine. Like I just, I had to work and, you know, I didn't move my schedule around to go with him. And um, I mean, he's been going now for a year without me. Um, uh, part of it I struggle with is because he has had a lot of concussions and um, he went to a neurologist actually last week. And I didn't go with him and I could have. And he said, are you coming with me? And I was like, no, because I was working from home and I, I probably could have like swung getting there, but I didn't. Um, but I just had told him like, you know what? I know this neurologist knows your story, but like he really wants some, some medicine that helps him concentrate. And I just point blank said, I'm not comfortable having to monitor that kind of drug yet like if that ends up being your only option to have like I don't know like Adderall or something like that like that will be it but um his cognitive uh 
and memory and all that is declining. And so we're doing another one of those rounds of tests. Um, this will be the third time he's done it in three years to kind of keep looking at a baseline for like his head. So like, it's hard because part of me is like, okay, it is a milestone. Like I'm letting you go to the doctors, but then there's part of me that's like, well, shit, are you listening to everything that they're saying? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, like I struggle. Cause like, I, I do want to have, like, I think it is a milestone. I never thought about it until at least put it that way, you know, like letting them go, like letting them go where they could technically, you know, come out with something. Um, usually when our kids are sick, they want me to go and I'll, I've been able to work it out and be the one that takes them. Um, but yeah, I've never even thought about that, you know, like that they could get, you know, drugs and then actually take it. <laughs> Hopefully right. that never yeah. happens, but yeah. <laughs> hey, um, That's a Speaking of like Drew and milestones, didn't he just have a, like a one year anniversary or yes I was actually gonna bring that up next yeah so this is fun because we haven't had this milestone before um you know like it's it's exciting I I wasn't actually sure 100% what the date was and you know as I kept getting closer he has some app on his phone that he kept like flashing like 333 days or whatever I was like oh my gosh that's awesome um and so it was really exciting um his boss and um you know, he works at a church, like the priest and his boss and I all went out to this really nice steak dinner for like three hours. And, um, you know, they made it a really big deal too, like how important it is that they've, you know, had him around, you know, for a year and a half and, um, like how much his life has changed. We, and actually at dinner, we kind of talked about it. So it's actually really amazing that he's had, you know, this place to kind of grow and be almost like protect I don't know like I've done a lot of praying and uh I would do these things at our church called miracle prayers and I think I since the shutdown I haven't obviously been to church but every month you would go down and just tell them something you would want them to pray about for you and it's just really quick and I really believe like you know this was truly a miracle um miracle that we were able to get him down from hanging himself to getting him to a psych ward and getting paired up with this priest who now him they're like besties and um it's just it's really truly amazing like it's an amazing milestone so yeah that's awesome yeah drew yes and you because you guys have you know you're both doing your own work so yeah and i think it's really um like as you get along farther, like we've had so many relapses that have happened. And I say we, because whenever he relapses is like the shit hits the fan for all of us. And, you know, it affects both of us just in different ways, but it affects our family. And, um, you know, it's been so healthy and amazing to like hit this, this longer milestone because, you know, before we would get to nine months a couple of times, and then it was almost like everything would fall apart and you have to restart back over and so I just, um, you know, have grown so much over this time, too. And so, you know, anybody who's listening, like, if you can, is, you know, like, hold on, there's hope. Um, and, yes. you know, like, it's amazing how far we've come, even though it's only been three months longer, four months longer than he had been sober before. But it's just, you know, every time you go longer, I feel like just better things keep happening for everybody. Right. So, well, and. It adds on to like, even if those relapses have happened, like any period of clean time that is there and like recovery time, you know, that those are all building blocks too. So definitely. I think they learn every time they relapse, yeah. like something. something. Yeah. 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 I will say that, uh, Steve, he's, Almost at the five-year mark, and I really hope he makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was in um, at five years. Like I'm looking forward to, like we can get um, more life insurance on him because <laughs> nobody <laughs> insures um, that addicts. Thing I didn't mm-hmm. about actually. I didn't know that either. Yeah, um, they would only before we before we found out it was all uh, this drug stuff. Like we both wanted to get um, like right after we got married, we both wanted to get life insurance. I got approved for. I don't even know how much for very cheap, but he was really expensive. And he, I say only, he only got insured for a hundred thousand. 
And I didn't really at the time think about it. And it's like, oh my God, like they didn't approve him for anything because yeah. they they knew all his body was all jacked up, but they couldn't like, yeah, say anything. So. Agree, so right. So at five years clean, the insurance companies will give you more life insurance because the statistics I believe are it's you're less likely to relapse. So you have to wait five years. Wow. And prove it. You got to like prove it too. How do you document that? Yeah. All his trips to get Vivitrol, all his, his time in rehab, like you have to like document all that stuff. All his drug drug tests from all his Vivitrol and Suboxone stuff. In the beginning, did they know because like, did the insurance companies know because he had been to rehab? Is that how? No, he hadn't been to re he hadn't been to rehab at that point. So whatever his blood, I mean, he, he looked like shit. His blood work must've been, I mean, his oxygen was like, you know, always in the seventies or eighties. I mean, he must've, his blood work and stuff must've just come back real bad. Oh, I forgot his blood work. Yeah. I remember that. We did that too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, we got, you know, the DUI fell off after five years. So our car insurance went down, which was nice. So that that's a milestone yeah. for five years. <laughs> Do you um? So Lizzie mentioned how like they celebrated Drew's uh, like one year. Do you guys do anything to celebrate? Um, I think I got him like four cupcakes the last time um, for his four year, but in I feel like he doesn't want like this whole production because it's like, yay, you stayed sober for four years, which is great when you look at it from an addict point of view. But then sometimes he always says like, yay, like, like I, I just didn't fuck things up. Like he doesn't see it as, I mean, he obviously thinks it's great, but it's like, he's just like a typical person where it's like, yeah, I didn't get in a car wreck. Yay. I, you know, I was able to get, you know, my license back or, or whatever it may be like it's just stuff that typical people do so he it doesn't ever he doesn't ever want like a big to do um because he is one that does get using thoughts around his um anniversaries and so it's like he doesn't want this big to do about it drew didn't want anything big either um it just happened to work out that they wanted to take us out to eat like i wouldn't have done that really um mm-hmm. And, like, you know, usually they do, like, donuts or something um, for, like, those milestones, like, 30, 60, 90. And um, because of, you know, COVID, you can't bring, like, treats and in and everything. Oh. Um, but I think the really cool thing is um, that he gained out of everything else, like, is, you know, you go to your meeting of your home meeting and they, like, pass around that coin and your sponsor, like, says stuff and um, you know, Drew's been in and out so much in the last four years and, you know, been a regular there that it was really meaningful. Um, but yeah, he doesn't want anything like that night when we laid in bed and we were talking, we were like stuffed cause we ate for like three hours, but, um, you know, he's like, I can't remember. It was like some old, old guy in his group always says like, you know, just because you're sober today, like just made a comment about you have to be sober every day. Like it's just another yeah. day. And so it, it seems like to us on the outside, it's like a much bigger deal, but to them, like it's reality, like every day is hard. Um, yeah. And so it's just it, another string good days together and you'll be sober for a long time. So, yeah, Jake has sort of said something similar on like that. He doesn't necessarily want to make a big deal out of it. Cause he wants it to be like, it's like an overall like lifestyle and like he mm-hmm. wants to live that way like every day um but I did I noticed um something different between like this go around of him being in recovery versus like past times like I feel like he was almost to the like far extreme of like not acknowledging like the the milestones where and sometimes I wasn't even sure if like he was like keeping track of them and like, I was always like, oh my gosh, it's been 30 days or 60 days or whatever. And like, he did not really like bring it up. Um, this time around, I remember on his 30 days, like 
think, oh, he was still going to like the PHP. So I picked him up and he got in the car and he was like, guess what? Today's 30 days. And I was like, oh, really? Like, like, (laughs) I stopped paying so much attention to it. And like he had been paying attention. He was like, yeah, you know, I've talked to some people about it. He's like brought it up now on each of the anniversaries. He'll be like, hey, it's my five months. And I don't know. I, I feel like there's something like more positive about the way that he's looking at it now and it it makes me wonder if maybe in the past like it was more like out of fear that he wasn't like acknowledging it because he didn't feel like very good about where he was in recovery and I don't know it's just um been a different switch do do you think like um I feel like someone in our group always talks about this like um you know the older gentleman who is actually in um, yeah recover. okay um so he always says like when the spouse or the loved one is working on themselves and getting healthier it actually helps the other person and this kind of reminds me because like I feel like I did that too like so you spent less time paying attention to that and letting him do it that he came <laughs> to you and you weren't as like aware Um, and you know, even psychologically, if you're not saying like something to him, but you like know when that date is, I bet you are just a little bit different, not knowing exactly like when the milestones will hit, you know, and, um, him coming to you and telling you, cause I think that's something that I did a little different this time too. Like, you know, I didn't even remember what the actual date was for the year. I actually still can't, it's between three days, but, um, I I know the time, (laughs) so you know, I think that just, you know, hopefully says yeah. a lot to you that is helpful for him as well. So, Yeah. I mean, does anybody else have any milestones or, or check-in? We, we haven't really had there, a check-in. There was one that I wanted to make sure to include. Um, this like was related to triggers when I was talking to Jake about it and, when he said like, you know, you can't avoid them, but you have to like learn how to cope, cope with them. I was like, so how, how do you cope then? What does that look like? And, um, he said for him, he feels like the first thing is that he has to be like conscious of like what he's thinking about and then like catch himself. Cause he's like, it can be really easy to just be like drift off into the thoughts. Um, but then to like, then you have to notice like, oh, hey, I've been thinking about this for a while. And then rather than just like sitting in it, where he's like, I feel like maybe in past situations, I would just like let myself continue to think. Um, It was like, now it's more of like making a conscious effort. Like if you notice that, like catch it before you get to that euphoric recall stage where you're like, oh man, that was really good. And like, to disrupt the thought either by changing scenery or turning on music, talking to someone like whatever it might be. Um, And I think that relates to us too. Like that's stuff that I have found when I am feeling like triggered or catch myself like ruminating on a thought, like that's when I'm like, okay, I better go for a run or Mm -hmm. I need to call somebody. And so it's just like breaking up that thought um, is helpful. Um, And then the other part of that he said for him was like the importance of recognizing when the thought, when it's like shifting from just like, oh, I'm having these thoughts or I'm remembering this versus to like when it goes to the point where he finds himself almost like in a planning mode. He was like, that's the danger Mm -hmm. when I start thinking like, well, if I were to use, how would I do it? Like, where could I get this? He was like, that's I need to be like oh shit, this is getting into a bad place. I need to like call my sponsor and work through like, where is that coming from? And I don't know. I thought that was like some good insight. Uh, And I just share with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Second really fast. He he was having, um, he's become a runner. And um, was having some back problems the doctor prescribed him well the doctor prescribed him muscle relaxers and he called me he was like I don't know what to do and so it was very triggering and I was like 
call your sponsor, get with him, you know, whatever. And I think maybe I called you, um, Liz about it. Or maybe I tried. Yeah. I called you about it. Um, and so ultimately he did, um, take the muscle relaxers and, but the doctor, I'm not a big fan. Um, the doctor gave him 20 pills instead of the seven that he asked for, which don't get me started. But anyway, so I took, I took the bottle um, I filled the prescription. I took the bottle and I took out only the seven pills. And then like he, like the deal was he had to take them in front of me every day. And I was like, Hey, if you take this muscle relaxer and you feel happy about it, you feel like loopy or whatever it may be. And it might trigger you to take pills again. I was like, please tell me we need to stop. So, um, so I'm proud, you know, he, he went through the seven days, didn't, didn't, uh, whatever didn't have any issues with it so that that was good but it I was uh the first time I was triggered in quite some time in, in that yeah. way mm, yeah I'm glad that he was able to do it all right I feel like it probably helped also I it sounded like he took like the right steps of like talking to his sponsor and you know sharing it with you um and he shared at a meeting too about it so so yeah, I think he did. He did it right. Yeah. So you said that's the first time in a while you've had a trigger. Like, would you say that you feel like the triggers are like fewer and far like between like the longer recovery that he has? Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lizzie, did you want to check in on anything? Um. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you know, like last month. Um you know, Drew hit a year. So um, it's just been healthy for us. The exciting part is, um, you know, coming up, our littlest is turning four, and then our oldest is graduating high school. And we have both parties coming this weekend. Um, So um, I mean, it's, it's good. Like I've, I've said all good things about this, you know, pandemic. Um, We've been fortunate it hasn't hit any of us. Um, it's just strengthened our family, like being home. Um, this summer we spent a lot of days at the pool, um, all my in-laws and a lot of people in our family have pools. So we've got a lot of pool time, um, and just, um, a lot of good family time. We probably would have never gotten because we'd be running around for basketball games, baseball games, volleyball games. Um, so the basketball games have started back up, um, but they're not very often. So um, things have been really good and you know we both continue to do our own counseling and um, that's that's helpful for us so good yeah yeah Duff. Um, I guess I don't really have much of an update other than what I shared earlier but then it just occurred to me that I do kind of have one big update uh, Jake goes to jail next Monday or this oh, Monday. oh. yeah so he's finally serving his uh time from the od and all of that stuff last september so he uh goes in monday i guess for six days uh, i don't know so uh we'll have to check in after that maybe we'll do an episode we we need to do an episode on like jail and legal and all of that so yeah, maybe we can do like a little bonus yeah. episode with Jake. Like, how was jail, Jake? It. Yeah, we um, <laughs> operate in different ways. That's why I don't really have like a lot of information. He's more of like, I'd rather not have a lot of details or know about it. Like, he's sort of keeping it out of his mind and is just waiting until he gets to court on Monday. And I'm over here like, well, I want to know everything that we could possibly know about it. So, <laughs> well, can they? I don't know when it's such a small, limited days. Can they still let him out for like, I don't know, like good behavior? I know it sounds so weird, but <laughs> you know, like if he's fine in three days, if they're like, okay, like we're just packed or whatever. Yeah. Or- I don't know. I wasn't sure if like with COVID anything, I mean, yeah. his date, it's gotten pushed back so many times because of COVID, but that, that is also then pushing back when his actual probation begins and things. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh, you want to keep pushing it back to avoid it. But now it's like he's going to be on – he should already be six months into his probation at this point, and it hasn't even started. 
on that it's like positive to get it over with um but jails can be like hot spots and outbreaks for covid so a little uh nervous about that uh, but yeah we'll see i'll report back yes we'll want to hear okay yes please do. all right all right Perfect. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in again to Boy Problems Podcast. As always, connect with us on social. Uh, We'd love to hear any positive milestones that you have or also share triggers that maybe we didn't uh, talk about. So keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.